0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. great to be here this morning. It's great that uh, when I woke up this morning and our fan was in our window, I could feel fall coming on. I don't know if you could this morning or not, but it was nice and brisk, which means that the colors will be changing and the light is going to be changing. And it's my favorite time of the year. It's awesome. Glad that you're here this morning. And uh, I want to begin with a few announcements. In fact, several announcements. Uh, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar is coming up on the 7th of November. That is the first Saturday in November. And uh, we're having a meeting today right after assembly. So if you can make it, we're going to do some fine-tuning on the plans, and then uh, we'll take off like a rocket and do all those creative, I think it was crafty things that we do to get ready for uh, the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. So we also have... uh, um, Christy coming in, Uh, Christy's going to be one of our marketing people, Christy Wells, great lady, so I'm excited about that. So right afterwards, we're going to be right there in the back room, and then this evening, starting this evening, we're going to bring the uh, evening assemblies out to the church building, and so uh, please make sure that uh, from now on, you come out here on Sunday evenings, and uh, based upon uh, a couple lessons we did the last couple Sunday evenings we're going to begin once we have our pit preachers done we're going to begin in October starting uh an expository series and uh, I'm looking for a preacher and for a book that uh, we'll be preaching through so stay tuned for that uh Monday college age group's going to be meeting we're doing a spiritual needs assessment tomorrow night and uh excited about the uh fellowship that we can have together and working together in a more powerful way how many know that when you're young you have lots of energy anybody here know what i'm talking about all right those the old folks one yeah i think i can remember so uh anyway we're gonna get those uh those uh, young adults empowered we sure do appreciate by the way if you haven't noticed the young folks that we have they they really are doing great work in serving us so praise god for that yep Uh, Wednesday nights God and government so we're going to look at the charters and the constitutions written up by the first colonies and uh, you would be shocked I hope not to know that uh, every every one of the founders uh, that wrote those constitutions and uh, those charters had a deep and abiding faith in Jesus Christ so uh, ladies studies coming up starting September 10th Thursday seven o'clock right at uh, the parks home. Uh, family photos, family photos, family photos. Nicole, can you help me hand these out? And Emma, can you help me hand these out? Hand one to, one to each family, that would be great. We're doing family photos of the folks here at the Pleasant Hill Body. And uh, I know the photographer personally. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, I've, I've uh, had her go to Belarus with me. She takes amazing photographs uh, of people, uh, so I'm excited. Jamie is going to be doing that. Notice on your little flyer that everybody is receiving Sunday, September 13th from 1 to 2.30 and Sunday, September 20th from 1 to 2.30 down at Elijah Bristow Park. Beautiful park. And uh, by that time, the leaves ought to be turning. So it should be absolutely gorgeous. And uh, we're hoping that everyone um, would be able to make it out to get a family portrait and uh, that way we can post family photos uh, on the, the family uh, wall of fame out there as you walk in. That would be fantastic. Uh, here's another here's another opportunity, uh, September 18th, Friday, September 18th, uh, Saturday the 19th, and of course the 20th, we're going to have a work day and Jeff uh, Sharon is leading that up and he's been doing a phenomenal job. If you haven't met uh, Jeff, super servant's heart. He's been working on getting the south-faced and the west-faced ready uh, to be painted. We're going to have a man-lift, so if you've ever been on a man-lift before and you want to get up there and paint, it's very, very exciting. Not for those of us who freak out about heights. But anyway, uh, it's pretty cool, so if you can set one of those days aside, a little bit of time, uh, let me know, and I'll have you contact Jeff Sharon. Any other announcements before I send around the clipboard? We need a couple more folks to step up to clean the building, so that would be great. I'm doing calendars, as was suggested, we return to that. So calendars for cleaning the the building, and who's speaking, and who's doing what and when. And so uh, I'll have those available to you next week for September and October. Any other announcements? No other announcements? Would you grab those, uh, Those? Those? Uh, I think there's one, yeah, that one, I think. The other ones uh, are old ones that have been there forever, and they're just ones we've already read, so. We're going to do notes of encouragement, and then we're going to sing happy birthday to at least one birthday boy in the audience. Are there any other birthdays betwi- besides the one birthday boy that I'm going to sing to, that we're going to sing to? Any others? Going once, going twice, here we go. Scott Kirkpatrick. Thank you for always doing so much behind the scenes. Every Sunday, you and your family are a huge blessing. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Amen. There you go. Good. Didn't mean to get you off balance there. Here we go. I like this like Academy Awards, man. This is cool. And the winner is Mrs. Parks. You have a very beautiful smile. You are so nice in so many ways, and you don't complain. That's cool, man. You're wonderful. That's a good one. Have you ever heard Mrs. Parks ever complain? Me neither. Well, anyway, Jamie. (laughs) Wow, this is is all live. Wow, sorry. Uh, Jamie Bamford. I am really red, aren't I? You are so nice. You do lots of great things. You are amazing. And I'm going to add... You do awesome photography, awesome photography. Mr. Weiber, you are a very kind person. Thanks for making me laugh. And and I gotta share something else. Man, you rocked it. You were sideways and you were just hammered down, doing a great job. Let's give it up for Ken Weiber. The whole world saw him going sideways and he just rocked it. Thanks, Brad. So I was gonna make a joke about it. I'm glad Brad saved me from having my sermon go sideways, but I'm not gonna do that. So anyway. I know. Uh, Ellie Steiner, it was wonderful to have you in Bible class. Your Bible knowledge is impressive. There you go. Awesome job. That's great. All right, Truman, are you ready? I I didn't see you on my list last week, and so I missed it, but a little bird told me that it was your birthday yesterday. How old are you, 16 now? (laughs) The day that parents fear. Now, how old are you, by the way? Eleven and they're going, yeah baby. <laughs> we got seven more years. Okay. So we're singing happy birthday anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Alright, you're the stu- Oh wait a minute. Hers is Sunday. Hers is Sunday. Her- her- the, the, the big dude back there? <laughs> the big dude in black? All right, we got two birthday boys today. (laughs) All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. That's why you showed up today. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Woo! How long have we known each other? Forever. I know, but it was fun. It was fun. Wow. All right. right always got to be a prankster in the group. Hey, does anybody own this hat? Does anybody own this hat? I am going to give it to a young man that has been his eyeball on this hat. They're going to have to come up after assembly and grab it. Okay. There you go. I think now we're all done with announcements, and stuff. with announcements and stuff. So I don't think we're all done with what we're supposed to do. So Angie, we finally get to the lesson that you've been waiting for, isn't that great? Okay, I'm excited today. This is a this is a starting of a new mini series on the pleasures forever, and of course, you know we need to turn to Psalms chapter sixteen and verse eleven pleasures forever and you know when you became a Christian when you uh, were immersed into Christ eternal life began when you came up out of that water grave and you were filled with the Holy Spirit that's when eternity began and that's when eternal pleasures can begin but we need to know what they are and we need to know how to get them. And that's what this series, this little mini-series, is about. What are the pleasures forever, and how do I get them? And we're going to answer both of those. And regarding the first pleasure forever, but because the first pleasure forever is going to take a little time, it's not going to be just this week, it's going to be next week as well. I would love to cram it all in, but it ain't going to happen. So, uh, I uh, fortuitously... Divided the lesson before I showed up, so the first part one is today. And notice what your lesson plans say there in regards to this wonderful power of presence. You know, we get to enjoy the eternal pleasures of united fellowship together, starting now and going on into eternity. Did you hear that? Starting now and going on into eternity. So what does that actually look like? Well, we're going to start that today. Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, that's seated at the right hand of God like we are in Christ, there are pleasures forever. Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, once again, we need to recognize that your definition of pleasures oftentimes is not our definition our definition of wickedness or evil oftentimes is not the same as your definition of wickedness and evil our definition of goodness and righteousness oftentimes is not your definition of goodness and righteousness and so father it might be that we would think well that doesn't sound like a lot of fun life in christ may entail much suffering as the scriptures teach but there is deep and abiding fulfillment in the life of Christ and there are deep and abiding pleasures in the life of Christ lived now by faith. I pray father that you would help us to see that today help us to understand that the first pleasure can be ours all the time. I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. So we're looking at pleasures forever, and I again want to remind you that this has come about through a series of lessons on the gospel. That we were crucified with Christ, we were buried with Christ, and we were raised up with Christ to walk in newness of life in the faithful act of immersion. Peter said, After being asked, what shall we do to be saved? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, speaking of Gentiles, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And we're gonna look at that today. We're gonna look at this, being in his presence, seated at his right hand, as we are. But I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 133. This is one of the pleasures that we have the opportunity to experience every day, throughout eternity. I'm going to read all all three uh, verses of this chapter. Behold how good and how pleasant or pleasurable is it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like dwelling together in unity is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edges of his robes. It is like These pleasures forever are like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there, at the mountains of Zion, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. So we need to recognize that the wholeness of this this psalm is talking about the first pleasure that we can abide in forever. And that's the pleasure that we could, should, can, and will receive if we walk by faith and not by sight. The carnal man can never experience the pleasure of good fellowship with the saints. The carnal man cannot. The carnal woman cannot. Because they are self-focused, self-driven. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I can give. And how many of you know that when you get what you want, oftentimes it's not what you thought or you get what you want and it breaks or it rusts or it fails or it dies or it. You see, in this world, in this carnal world, pleasures are passing, the passing pleasures of sin, the passing pleasures of self. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the pleasures, the deep and abiding pleasures that we can only have in Christ Jesus. And I want to introduce with an example, and then I'll go into my first point. I was talking with Angie just a moment ago about how I do not like flying. Now, some of you might go, really? You fly to Belarus all the time. I am terrified in getting into a little aluminum tube and flying at 30, 40, 50, 60,000 feet at Maktu with my hair, which I don't have any on fire to go somewhere, but I'm over the Atlantic Ocean, and I think of, well, I just don't even want to think about it, honestly. Do you realize what would happen if that little aluminum tube decided to fail? You know how long it takes to drop, not fly, drop down from 30, 40, 50, 60,000 feet? A lot of time to reflect on your life, believe it or not. How fast, how long? You're saying, it's okay, it's, it's not fast, I don't know, it, it, depends on what happens. it depends on what happens, okay, all right, well, if you're still alive, the whole point is, is, I can't think about that. I have to think about what I'm doing. I got into a plane last spring, and I had a bunch of young people over to my flat, and, and uh, I think it was uh, it was actually not last December but the December before when I was with uh, Desi and and Julie. And I and I developed kind of a father daughter relationship with one of Olga's orphans in helping her study for one of her classes and teaching her some study skills cuz she could speak English very well and she could understand it. The next time I went over I was had a little party for the kids a little pizza party in my apartment with some other kids and and I was talking and and she goes would you would you bible study with me And I said sure and so I studied with her every week once a week for in on Skype and then six months later I flew back to Belarus and she she asked to be immersed and I talked to her and and, and she was ready. And I immersed her into Christ. And I got a note this morning from her. And my dad taught me that people in the Soviet Union were evil. My dad hated people in Russia and hated people in China and hated. And he went to his grave that way. And he was angry at me when I told him I was gonna to go to the former Soviet Republic. And Anne said, I'm so thankful that you're willing to take the time for me. I don't have anyone. She has her husband. Thank you for taking time for me and for Nicole and helping us understand the Bible. Our Bible study yesterday morning, she asked me, can I ask you a question at the end of our Bible study? I go, sure. She goes, we're all stuck in our houses now. We're fearful of going out because of what's happening in the streets. And we're fearful of the COVID virus. And we're fearful of being disappeared. We're fearful of being, all the horrible things are going on there. She says, how can I encourage people now? Help me to encourage people. And so we talked for about 20 minutes on how we could encourage people when we are in our domes. That's what they call it there. And then she sent me that note. And I sent her a, a note back. My dear sister, my daughter in the true faith. That's what Paul said to people he helped bring to faith, isn't it? You are such an encouragement to me. I'm so thankful that you desire to share the faith of Christ with others as you're helping me share the faith with Nicole. If I were a selfish man, I never would have gotten that text. It never would have rendered me. There is no amount of fun that will equal that deep and abiding pleasure that I experienced this morning in that text from a very sweet young Belarusian woman, newly married, really terrified of the world that she lives in right now. And any one of us can have that pleasure with other people. But the carnal man, the carnal woman will never experience that pleasure. Only those who are willing to do things outside their comfort zone that are selflessly serving other people. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying that before I became a Christian, I was exceedingly selfish and I used people and I loved things and I never had any real, true, abiding friendships, relationships or true abiding pleasure. And even though it's so painful sometimes to be a Christian, because I'm hated for doing what the scripture teaches me to do. And yet, in moments like that, that moment is priceless. You and I together can have a lot of those moments. And that's what this is about. So let's look at point number one this morning. The word pleasant here in Psalms in chapter 133, the word pleasant here is the same exact word as in Psalm 16 and verse 11. The pleasures forever. The same word pleasures are here. And by the way, did you know that when you become a Christian, Lars, I don't know if you knew this when you signed up, but you and I get to spend eternity together. And you go, oh, great, right? No, we get to spend forever together. And <laughs> you go, know, oh no, I didn't know that. It wasn't in the contract. We get to spend eternity together. And if we can't get it figured out now, <laughs> you know where I'm going with that statement, right? If we can't figure it out now, forever, I thought it was supposed to be full of some joy. That sounds like torture. No, no, it can be pleasure forever. We need to have the right mindset, but we need to get rid of the old selfish man and the new man is Christ and him sacrificed for all. Amen. And we need to walk in his footsteps. So Christ likeness will allow us to enjoy time together all the time for eternity. So the word pleasant here, if you want to write some notes down, the word pleasant here, I gave you the, the Hebrew word in the in the Strongs and you can look it up in your Hebrew dictionaries. It means delightful. By the way, it is delightful to spend time with you and your lovely bride. I, I so enjoy it and uh, I love our coffee uh, lunch dates every few years. It's great or however your job will let you. So delightful. It's absolutely delightful. I'm so delighted to go up and spend time with the McKinney's. Man, your wife is a great cook. And uh, I'm so delighted when I see the young people marching into my house to eat Sharon's food and to sit around. and, And it's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. You see, our mindset is such, oh, we have to clean the house, Oh, we ha- I have to clean the bathroom, oh, I have to I have to do oh, it's all oh, just so people can come over. Oh, that's not very delightful. That's the wrong picture, isn't it? That's the wrong mindset, isn't it? I can't wait for them to come over. That's the right attitude. That's the right mindset, right? You see, delightful is the word pleasurable and sweet. What a sweet note I got this morning, early in the morning from Ann. It means to be agreeable. Well, I agree to disagree. That doesn't sound very agreeable. I am agreeable. I disagree with you. And if you're agreeable, you'll agree to disagree with me. And so we're agreeing to disagree. That doesn't sound very agreeable. Maybe we should seek God's will. Maybe we should see God's character. Maybe we should treat people like Jesus treated people who were disagreeable to Jesus. Go back and take a look. Now the word unity there in the Hebrew here, the word unity, uh, for brothers to dwell together. Dwell means in the same house or in the same house. Dwell together together. In unity. Hey, if you've ever uh, grown up with brothers or sisters, and you and you had little brothers and sister sibling squabbles, you, any of you ever have that before? Am I the only one? Okay, some of you are laughing. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right? said, yeah, right. Okay, so so this is not like that. This is different. Get that picture out of your mind. That's not the right picture. We're spiritual family. The word dwell means that we get to dwell together in the big house. We are dwelling together in the big house right now. to be or become one, to join or unite, to be a unit together, common cause, common purpose, common goal. That's what unity is here. We get to dwell together in the same house and we need we have the same purpose, and we get the same mission. And uh, I get to do my thing, and you get to do your thing, and we get to do it together. And we know that team stands for together, each accomplishes more, right? Well, that's right. I don't know about you, but I love winning. I know somebody else who loves winning. I'm always talking about the dog pile in heaven when we all get there and win, right? We all love winning. But we must do it together if we're going to win big, Amen. That's what this is talking about, unity. But you know what? There's a passage in the scriptures that I want you to turn to, and that's in the book of Ephesians and chapter 5. Look at Ephesians, I'm sorry, chapter 4. Let me correct myself. Ephesians and chapter 4, a beautiful passage of scripture. Beginning in verse 1, reading verse 1 and verse 2, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2, the word unity is also there, but it's in the Greek language. And so notice it says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, I, I beg you to walk or live in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and with all gentleness and with all patience. Showing all tolerance for one another in love. See there, Lars, you have to tolerate me. Anyway, all tolerance, uh, one another in love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit. That's an important statement. Unity of the Spirit. Because we're going to transition here in just about 30 seconds. The word unity in the Greek means oneness, to be one, united as one. It also says in the Greek, like getting married. That's the kind of oneness, that close. And think about it. We are the bride of Christ, amen? And we are one with Christ. The Bible says that the husband and wife in this world are one flesh. But then he goes on and says, I speak a mystery. I'm talking about Christ and the church. Christ and the church are one. And if Christ and the church are one and we are the church, then we are one. I'm going to save that for next week. But please know something. That you and I are united as one in Christ through the Spirit. It is teaching that's foundational to help us to understand how to get into Christ. It's teaching as foundational to help us to understand how we are to live as Christ in humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, love, and peace. But we must choose that. We must walk in that way. Because I don't care if you have it memorized. If you're not walking it, Jesus wants to see faith lived Out, amen. Lived out in our lives. So, point number two dwelling in unity like precious oil and refreshing dew. You say that's not on the lesson plan. Where's my lesson plan? It's not on the lesson plan. Well, I couldn't fit it on there. Go back to Psalms 133. Keep your finger here in Ephesians. Psalms 133. You know, I've heard verse 1 quoted, and I I even had verse 1 memorized. But when I started to look for this lesson, I decided to read the whole psalm. That's kind of a good idea. Maybe the other verses are related to what verse 1 is. You're saying, preacher, when did you figure that one out? <laughs> I like memorizing one-liners, but when you're really going to get serious about it, you got to really dig, okay? So listen to the whole thing. And I'm going to highlight some words. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like, it says in verse two, the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edge of his robes. Now, if you get that picture, you can see Aaron, the high priest, and they're dumping oil on his head to anoint him as high priest, and he's in his regal robes, and they pour the oil on his head. What a mess. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I've ever thought this from a carnal standpoint, trying to get oil out of nice clothes? How many have ever eaten at a Mexican restaurant before with a tie on, and you're eating the taco? I, and guess what? You go. Oh, now I know why they invented ties. You can't get that out. What are you doing pouring oil on the guy's head and it's going down his beard? That's okay for me. But then it gets on his suit. You ruined it. No, there's something deeper. There's a spiritual truth here, brethren. We're not talking about the physical oil. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Look at the book of Acts. Look at the book of Acts in chapter 10 and verse 38. Acts And we're going to come back to this Psalms 133 in a moment, but go to the book of Acts in chapter 10 and verse 38. Peter preaching the gospel sermon for the very first time to the Gentiles makes this statement about Jesus. And notice the statement he makes here, so important. You know, brethren, of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. You know when Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit? By the way, you know that he always had the Holy Spirit. He was always the Son of God even from the moment of conception. But you know that the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove when he was baptized in the Jordan River, amen? And do you remember what God said? This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Now you see what happens after that. He's he's tempted viciously by the devil and he wins three times. And the devil goes away. And then he begins his earthly ministry, doesn't he? And he goes to a wedding and he changes water to wine. Wow, this guy is more than just a, a man. He's got power over nature. He's got power over spiritual things as he raises people from the dead, as he causes the blind to see, as he causes the, the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear. He is amazing. Yes, he's a son of God because he's been filled with the Holy Spirit. Brethren, may I ask you a question? When you're immersed into Christ, two things happened to you, for you, and in you. Your sins were washed away and you were filled with the indwelling presence of, of God, the fullness of deity in bodily form. Brethren, you are anointed with the Holy Spirit. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit. Why is your name Christian this morning? What does the word Christ mean? It means anointed one. You're a Christian. You are what? An anointed one with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So, what does that mean? For Jesus, it meant that he had power and the presence of God was manifest in his life as he fulfilled his earthly ministry. When you become a Christian, you become a priest and priests do what? Like Aaron, they minister to God in the tabernacle and the temple. We are the temple of the living God, amen? The spirit of God dwells in us. We are called then like Christ to be one who's empowered to serve. Are we empowered to destroy the works of the devil? What does the scripture teach? Absolutely, positively, in our own lives and in the lives of others. Now, brethren, let's take a look here a little bit more closely at this like the precious oil upon the head, coming down upon the beard, upon Aaron's beard, upon uh, down coming on the edge of his robes you have some notes, an area where you can write some notes. Anointing of priests in Aaron's day and in our day. For us, it's with the Holy Spirit like Christ, joining together as one people united by the Spirit, as we just read, to have real meaning, real purpose, and real belonging. Real meaning, real purpose, and real belonging. You know, it's been said before by many of the the men here stood up and spoken. Many of us have no common backgrounds. A background that would not bring us together other than we are one in Christ. And we are able to work together, work together powerfully and positively to change the world. John, our brother in Christ, interfaced with christian miller a brother in christ no less in a gun store i interfaced with christian miller in a gun store well and so i was talking about the lord he says hey you do personal bible study yes he becomes a christian and then he meets john john meets the lord john becomes a christian guess what John is down at the gun store and there's a lot of people that don't know anything about guns. Can I help you with that? I love it. He helps newbies to this thing. I'm thankful he's down there. There's not enough good teachers to go around. Now guess what? When he's helping somebody, guess who's helping them? When he's helping somebody as a Christian, who's helping that person? Christ is helping that person. And they're seeing a man willing to put aside his time and his energy to help them. He's paying for that, Lane. He's paying for that time. And what is he doing? He's sacrificing it for someone else. That's a powerful picture there, brethren. Everywhere you go, Jesus goes. A servant. You see, we need to recognize and understand we have real meaning, real purpose, real power and real presence to change the world. As we live like and for Christ by his spirit. The world is transformed. Because of his presence. And we get to do that together. Anne understands it. And she's a young Christian. She's excited to be able to teach the gospel. Translating from this English knucklehead. To someone who wants to know the truth. And sometimes I can see her face. Anne I don't know if you're watching. But I can see her face. She goes. What did, what did you just say? And of course, I'm using some American idiom. Like, I know I've beaten a dead horse long enough. And she goes, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> what do you mean, what was I saying? What does mean dead horse, beat dead horse? Oh, <laughs> um, how do I say that in normal English? It's great, but she has a love and a desire to work together as a team to share the love of Christ with others. That's powerful. Together, each accomplishes more. You see, to be and serve as a part of the body of Christ is awesome. God gifted you, and you have a precious gift that this body needs. Yes, it's true. It's absolutely true. Let's look at another verse here. Romans chapter 12, verse one through five. Romans 12, one through five. And you know this one very, very well. I didn't want to do Romans 12, one through five. I want to do three through five. Sorry about that. I should read my notes better. Romans 12, verses three through five. For through the grace given to me, Paul says, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body, one, united. That one is the Greek word unity, oneness so we who are many are one in Christ and individually members one of another. Brethren, look, you are one, but one plus one equals one in the spiritual economy, one body. One body is made up of a lot of ones and all ones added together equal Christ embodied in this generation We are the embodiment of Christ. Christ does have a body and it's us right now. And I am weak in certain areas and you are strong in certain areas and we need each other. And how pleasant it is when someone saves me from technology or someone saves me from sticking my foot in my mouth. Thank you, Sharon. God knew I needed you. And so it doesn't work all the time. When I'm up here, she's not far enough. She's going... Oh, and I do it. Say it's like, I love you, honey. So some of you help me with that as well. Okay? So it's so important to realize that everybody has a part. And your part is not less important. Don't ever think that. But your part is not more important. Don't think that either. Your part is essential and priceless. It really is. Now, what's the next part of this? Like the dew of Herman. Let's go back to Psalms 133. Who is Herman anyway? What a name. Do you know anybody by the name of Herman? Munster. Yeah, I was thinking that too when I read it, because I remember watching the Munsters when I was a kid. Herman Munster. That's not what this is talking about. Yeah, well. It unity in the in the brotherhood, unity brothers dwelling together in unity. It is like the dew of Hermon. Now I want you to turn with me to the book of Hosea, chapter fourteen. Hosea chapter fourteen. That's right after the book of Daniel. Daniel's usually pretty easy to find. Hosea is right after that one. So, Hosea chapter fourteen. This is an amazing passage of scripture. We're gonna define the dew here is not talking about actual dew. But how many have ever gotten up in the morning? And it's just it's it's a warm, it's a warm day, but the dew in the morning is so cool. It is so awesome. When I've been up in the mountains, the dew in the morning is absolutely refreshing. It's awesome. It's talking about refreshment, but refreshment not by dew like we think. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Look with me, the book of Hosea, beginning in verse 4, speaking of the new covenant. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. I will be like the dew to Israel? Who's the I in this case? The I is God. God will be like the dew to Israel. Israel is who? Israel is the people of God. God is going to be like the dew to Israel. This is a prophetic utterance here, brethren, of the New Testament covenant and the New Testament people. The priests, the royal priests of God. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will bloom. This meaning Israel The church will bloom like the lily. He, the church, will take root like the cedars of Lebanon. His shoots, the church shoots, will sprout. And his beauty, his splendor, will be like the olive tree. And his fragrance, I love this one, his fragrance. You guys smell. Oh, that's not the right word. You guys have such a fragrant aroma about you. That's better. We stink good, basically, okay? So anyway... And his fragrance is like the cedars of Lebanon. I was just hiking yesterday with my son Jacob and another gentleman I hope to win to Christ. We were hiking up in the woods and it was warm. And you know what happens when the heat hits the duff of the ground, the needles, and, and oh, have you ever been in the mountains? And you take a big smell. If only they could capture that scent and package it. You know what I'm talking about, Alton? You're the one that said, hey, man, just, you know, enjoy when you're out there, even if you don't see anything. Enjoy it. The smell is just like, oh, the fragrance is amazing. You know, that's what we should be for people. A spiritual fragrance. The New Testament even says that. But reading on, it says those who live in his shadow, those who live in the shadow of the the brethren will will again raise grain meaning people will become christians when they are in your presence this is talking about the church and what a sweet lady became a christian and now she's very powerful you see because this is talking about the church those who live in his shadow his shadow is israel's shadow will again Raise grain. In other words, their lives will be profitable once again. We can help people have that joy once again. And they will blossom like the vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. Brethren, this is talking about the power of God's presence in you and your presence in him. Have you ever had somebody do this before? I'm hoping you're living this life. You're living your life at work. You're not even thinking about it. And uh, you do something that the normal carnal man would just cuss up a storm. They would just go, you're really crazy. And it happens to you, and you go, man, I wish, I got to stop doing that. And everybody kind of looks at you like, you are an oddball. Have you ever had that experience? Oh, come on, please, somebody say yes. It's pretty cool. It's cool. You're saying it's cool and they think you're an oddball? No, it's a statement of something. You've overcome something in your life that's unfortunately common in carnal man and people notice a difference in you. And then later on, later on, when they go and they do the same thing, they go, you know, they, Brr. you know, that stuff that you see on on the, you know, all exclamation points and all that stuff. That means bad words. Just so you know. I know many of you didn't know that, but that's what that means. And they say something like, oh, oh I'm sorry, Scott. So why are you sorry? I never told you you couldn't cuss. I never told you you could say those foul things. Did I? Well, I don't know, but. Yeah. Why did they do that? Because they sensed a difference in you, the presence of Christ in you. I use that example because That happens. That happens. So as we live the life of Christ, people see a difference. There was a woman that, whose, wife, or whose husband walked out on her when I was working at, at Willamette High School, one of my colleagues. She didn't run to the other ladies that she gossiped about husbands in the break room. She asked me if I could talk with her briefly after school. I said, okay. And she started to cry and told me what happened. Wow, I didn't know what to say. I I felt terrible. You remember, right? So I shared with her some things. I consulted her, but I was very careful. Suggested some ladies in the church that I knew that would be come alongside. Her husband had left her for another woman, dumped her with two little boys. Sick, huh? Several years later, after the boys had been raised, she met a really sweet man. And she asked me if I'd perform their wedding ceremony. Why? And again, I'm not tooting my own horn because I'm not very smart. Remember, I'm a slow learner. I failed over and over and over again as a kid. I don't have a lot going on in regards to that respect. But you know what? I've learned that if you care about people like Jesus cares about people, guess what? If you read the book and it says to be patient and you're patient like Jesus, what happens? If you love like Jesus, what happens? People see it. Brethren, the Holy Spirit inside of you and inside of me is able to transform not only your life, but the lives around us. Like the dew of Herman. You know, Herman was the first place. That was seen by God as the promised land. It was just east of the Jordan where they crossed over. It's where they conquered. And that land was given to the nation of Israel. That was a part of the promised land. If you study your scriptures. What is the church? The church is the promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Prophetically speaking. So when we go back to or not Hosea, Psalms chapter 133, 133. Take a look at that once again. He talks about the mountains of Zion. What are the mountains of Zion? What is Zion? Zion is the church. The mountains of Zion are the individual members of the church. And he's pouring out this dew, this spirit of Christ on the individual members, and they become the mountain of God. And notice it says, For there, at the mountain of God, the church of the living God, filled with the Spirit, the Lord commanded the blessing. The blessing of what? To be able to spend time together. To be able to work together. To be able to come together and change the world. When you individually and when we collectively work together to help someone, The world has radically changed. Now, we've run out of time, and I can tell both by the time up there and uh, people kind of going, oh, it's time. So you got a homework assignment. You know what your homework assignment is? Look at those verses down below. Romans 12, verses 15 through 18. Start in verse, uh, uh, excuse me, 5 through 18. Start in verse 9. Verse 9 will get you. Just do verse 9. And then Ephesians 4 and verse 13 the glory of the fullness of faith for those outside 2 Corinthians 4 verses 1 and 2 by the way you really do stink good look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 and uh, verses 1 and 2 you stink really good and um, then chapter 5 verse 17 to 20 and finally 2 Timothy 2 24 through 26 well, I apologize, I got a little carried away in some of my stories. But don't miss the scriptures, because next week we're going to pick up and finish the how do we actually live as a united front. Memorize more Bible, so we have it all memorized. Well, that'll only help if you do what you memorize. Memorize one verse and learn to do it, and then go to the next verse, memorize it, and learn to do it. And guess what? You'll be transformed. Brethren, my prayer is is that as Christ desires, we would find great joy in serving one another. We'd find great joy in serving together because that's what it's really all about. The first pleasure that I selected of all the pleasures, the first pleasure is that we get to live forever together to serve the Lord together. Next week, let's see how we get it done. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, the hour has passed. We're so thankful, Lord God in heaven, for the blessing of your word. Father, help us to realize that this is a prophetic utterance, Psalms 133 about the church. That the dew of Hermon is actually the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the church, the promised land, the family of God, the house of God, the mountain of God. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, to realize that and embrace that and recognize that in that context that we find there in Hosea, we are able to, by the presence of yourself, influence others as we work together. As your son Jesus Christ said, they will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. Lord, help us to recognize that truth. Help us to be united in spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Go. Let's stand up. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Let's get her done. Woo-hoo.